before we move into the baptisms, I want to do a little bit of a talk on baptisms. Some of you will be really excited to, to hear that it's a short talk, just in case you're like, oh yeah, this is the best Sunday ever to visit because it's going to be a short talk. It's going to be a shorter talk, but I think important. Uh, just to set the stage a little bit for baptism. So here's my introductory thought. Baptisms, if you may have thought of this before, but in some ways, depending on how you look at it, baptizing someone is a little strange, depending on how you think about it. Have you ever thought about it? In a few minutes, there's going to be a crowd of people watching three people get into a tub together. I, I mean, I, right? And they're all going to be fully clothed, getting into, which that's actually, I'm glad that the whole clothes thing, like, we're glad. That would be even weirder. And then they're going to have conversation and ask a question, and then one of them is going to willingly say, dunk me. Which, how many of you at least have some childhood memories your whole experience like in a public pool was, please don't dunk me. And then, but here, there's somebody who's actually like excited about two people kind of putting them under the water. That's a little strange. And then at the end of it, typically here at Vineyard, when they come up out of the water, we all cheer like, yay, they didn't drown or something. And so I was just thinking how it could appear to be a little peculiar but actually, it's not. It's actually really, really an important uh, Christian sacrament or ceremony. It's been part of the Christian faith since the beginning. It's deeply, baptism is, baptism is deeply connected to the message of Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, this is the first like sermon that anyone ever preached after Jesus had raised from the dead... Peter was speaking to a huge group of people, and uh, he said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Be baptized. You may have heard of a man from the Bible called John the Baptist. Have you heard of John the Baptist? Great brothers like John the Baptist. And he was a forerunner or a foreteller. He was the guy that God sent to kind of introduce, no, to prepare the world for Jesus, the Savior, was coming. Part of his message was, it'll come up on the screen, was make straight the way for the Lord. And this John the Baptist guy was out in the desert-ish area, and people would go out to him, and they would confess their sins, their need for forgiveness, and then John the Baptist would, what would he do? He'd baptize him in the Jordan River. Baptism is a is deeply connected to the Christian faith. For years, there are estimated 1.2 billion baptized Catholics in the world. One of the larger Christian denominations is called the, they're called the Baptists. Have any, 
have any Baptists in the room or ever been connected with the Baptist? Anybody get nervous when I just talk about Baptists? Some of you are like, oh, don't talk about the Baptist or something. Some of you might have warm, fuzzy feelings. Others may not. Personally, I've been baptized three or four times. Some of you are like, oh, that's too many. You do have problems? Yes, I do. No, I was baptized. Actually, I say three or four because I don't know what happened when I was a baby. After I became a Christian, I began to explore a little bit my spiritual roots, and I said, asked my mom and dad, hey, was I baptized as a baby? Or, and, and I still remember the conversation with my mom. She was like, well, we did something. <laughs> she didn't know whether I was baptized or dedicated. There was some water involved. And Vince, I'm like, well, was I baptized or was I dedicated? And she was like, I don't know. So I was something when I was a little baby. When I was 12 or 13, I went through a, a class in uh, the, United, the United Methodist denomination. What was it called? Con- like a confirmation class. And at the end of that class, I was baptized. I didn't pay attention in the class. I can't tell you what the class was about, really. But I, but I went through this thing. I didn't actually become a follower of Jesus until I was 20 years old. And after that personal commitment to Jesus, then I was, then I got baptized because I wanted to get baptized. And so that's, so I was dedicated or something when I was a baby. Then there was two other baptism experiences. And some of you'll know this whacked some people out in the church. When I was 50, which is a few years ago, I got baptized again. Uh, I felt like God wanted me to, to just recommit to everything I had committed to 30 years before. And I was thinking, wow, I've been doing this 30 years, and I recommitted to Jesus Christ for another 30 years. I may not make it that long, but let's just pretend I live to be 80. And, I, and so I got baptized again. Baptism is just one of those big deal, important opportunities before us and before followers of Jesus. And so before we do these baptisms, I wanted to explore just a little bit of why baptism is a big deal. So in Matthew chapter 3, we're going to study just a little bit the story of when Jesus Christ himself submitted himself to baptism. And so here's what, here's what it says of him. Now, just the context, Jesus... Up to this point, he led a sinless life, but nobody really knows who he is. But he's about ready to go public and start his public healing ministry and his preaching ministry and, and all those things. And it says in Matthew three thirteen, it says, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. That's John the Baptist, the guy we referenced a couple minutes ago. It says, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Because John kind of knew who he was. And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well 
pleased. Now, before we move into the actual baptisms, I have this little mini talk on why baptism is important. Two thoughts. And uh, there's a place you can write down some notes. I don't have fill in the blanks this week, but you may, there might be something that's important for you to remember. The reason I want to walk through this one is if you're a follower of Jesus, it's good to have some foundation for what baptism is about. It would be good if someone asked you someday, hey, so what's baptism about? It'd be good if you did more than say, I don't know. Like it might be helpful to explain to someone. It also could be helpful to some of you in the room that might be new or visiting or this baptism is new. It'd be helpful for you to go, oh, it's about this. Uh, and lastly, I think sometimes when we talk about things like this, God can use it to prompt people so that the next time there's an opportunity to get baptized, you may go, I think I'm supposed to get baptized. So let me pray and I'll give you a couple ideas. So Father, gosh, we pray about not just this talk, not just the idea, not just the uh, baptisms themselves, but this whole deal today. We hope it'll be honoring to you. We hope it'll be powerful for those who are getting baptized. We hope ultimately that you look down from heaven and you feel like uh, we are honoring you and your son, Jesus. So help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We've got two pretty simple ideas about baptism. The first one is this. Uh, baptism is about the details of righteousness. The details of righteousness. Now hang in there, I'll try to explain what I mean. It's about doing the details. It's about obeying God in a very specific way and being baptized. The, the word righteousness, it's kind of a Christian-y kind of word. But it means... It's the quality or state of being morally correct and justifiable. It can be considered synonymous with rightness or being upright. It's basically in a world where we get to have choices on whether we're going to do the right thing or the wrong thing. Righteousness is leaning in and saying, I'm going to do what's right. And what I want to argue from the text, this is a big deal to Jesus. Because in the text, it says, let it be so now, it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill, and then what I'm emphasizing is all righteousness. It's like every detail of doing what is right. That word all, in the original language, we've looked it up before here at the church, it's pos, it means all, and every, and the whole thing, and every kind, and it includes details, it means each and every part, totally. Jesus, shifting gears here, arguably, Jesus didn't need to get baptized. Have you ever thought about that? So people today that are going to get baptized, uh, Well, I won't, go, I won't go that way. John the Baptist, when he was preaching in the desert, people would come to him, and part of the process was they would confess their sins and admit that they had failed and that they needed forgiveness and washed clean. Can you imagine how awkward it was when Jesus came to John? In fact, the, the text actually says, kind of indicates it was awkward because John, when Jesus comes to John and he says, you know, J Jesus has baptized me, John's like, this is weird. No, 
Because John knew, no, you're the savior of the world. You're going to, no, I should get baptized because by you. And that's when Jesus says, no, I want to do this to fulfill all righteousness. It just would have been awkward because there was probably some tradition there. And if John said, well, okay, do you have any sins you need to confess? <laughs> Jesus would have said, no. Because he had none. You, you see how it was like, so you could argue, Jesus, why are you getting baptized? Because you don't fit into the person that needs to be baptized. But when Jesus says, I want to fulfill all righteousness, there is this idea of Jesus jumping fully into our experience and going, I want to, I am all in with this process of doing the right thing. It's, it's like Jesus saying to John, I know, I know, I know, but I want to do every detail of the right thing. So I'm going to talk for just a minute about how all in Jesus was when he came to the earth. Jesus was all in to every detail of experiencing what we've experiencing and paying the price for every detail of our sin. In Matthew 13, well, here, here's an idea. First of all, although Jesus could have skipped this step, he went for the total experience. In Matthew 13, 44, there's a couple really quick word pictures of what the kingdom of heaven is like. And it says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. We're going to talk about how Jesus was all in. The next part of the word picture is the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls, and when he found one of great value, he went away, and I'm emphasizing he sold everything he had and bought that field. Now, there are two interpretations of this parable or word picture. One interpretation is when we find, when we're walking through life and we stumble through a field and we find the kingdom of God, it's worth everything. We say, I am all in to the kingdom of God. I am in. It's so much better. God is so worth it. But the other side of this parable is the idea that Jesus Christ is like stumbles upon humanity and he pays everything to purchase us for the Father. Have you ever heard that side of the all-in thing? And that is who Jesus is. One of the things that strikes me about the, the, the parable is the second one where it says he's looking for fine pearls. And when he finds one of great value, in case no one said anything to you today that makes you feel good, apparently, in the eyes of God, you are a fine pearl worth dying on a cross for. <laughs> you know what I, th I think? Not me. But somewhere in there, your value to God is so much that Jesus would say, I will pay everything for that person. Does that make you feel warm and fuzzy? No? Isn't it? Because how many you know we're not all warm and we're not perfect pearls? Turn to the person to the right and left and say, huh? 
<laughs> no, perfect. Pro I mean, I'm, okay, I'm going on a little tangent here. But seriously, what is God? What is what does God see? Maybe he see. And I'm not going to answer the question. I'm just telling you, according to the scripture, you're a fine pearl. And Jesus said, I am all in on making a way for those people to be forgiven for their sin and live for eternity with God. He's an all in kind of a God. Now, in the same token, then when we realize that he invites us to be all in in giving our lives to him. There's a, I'll give you a, a little section for you to consider. In Matthew 8, this is where Jesus challenges his followers and says, well, if you're going to follow me, you need to be all in too. There's some uh, individuals saying, I will follow you. And here's what he says to them. He says, foxes, there's a person that says, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, foxes have dens and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. This is my interpretation of that. It's pretty weak paraphrase. But he says, really? Are you really committed? Because we don't have a place to stay. Another disciple said, Lord, first let me go bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. See, that's a challenge to the people following and saying, are you serious? Because following me takes everything. And you gotta, it's a call to be all in. And I want to make a little pause here, and I want to just honor the people that are going to get baptized in a few minutes. Because chances are, baptism is one of those things that, that there will be some friction or some rub when you say, I'm going to get baptized. You kind of have to decide if you're going to be all in. Every once in a while, someone will say, I'm going to get baptized, and they have no fear no apprehension, and, and everybody says yay. But a lot of times when you decide you're going to get baptized, there's resistance. You have to decide, am I really going to do this? Because like here at the vineyard, they're all going to stand up and they're going to read their testimony. And for some people, they're like, whoa, that sounds a little, you're nervous right now. Are anybody nervous right now? No, none of you are nervous. But sometimes people will go, well, I'm all in, but I'm not all in enough to share my testimony. Or I'm all in enough, but I'm afraid of water, so I'm not going to do it because I'm afraid of water. Or, no, I really want to do this, but my family, you know, some families, when you go to your family and you say, hey, I'm going to get baptized, not every family says, yay. Some people say, you were already baptized. Or, blah, 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 blah. Or, well, they don't actually say blah, 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 but they come up with something. And it's not yippee skippy happy we're getting baptized. There are times when people decide to get baptized, and, they are, and their family will say, we, we don't think you should. We don't like this thing you're doing. Stop it. You were baptized before or not in that, that weird church because you're Catholic or because, you, do you know what I mean? And so I love baptisms because when people get baptized, a lot of them have already faced some of the challenge and they're saying, I'm in. It brings up a question for us all. Can we just apply this to everybody listening? When was the last time you went all in on righteousness? On doing the right thing? Huh? About three weeks ago, I was sitting on my front porch doing my Bible time. 
And for me, my Bible time often includes, uh, I use the Lord's Prayer as, a, out, as an outline. And some of you know it. It's our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy be your name, your kingdom come. And I was there, and I, and I got to what I say, holy be your name. And I paused, and I, and I prayed for probably three to five minutes about my personal holiness. And I don't do this every day. I probably should. I don't know what was going on that day, but I, I prayed. I'm like, Lord, I ask today, I am committing today, I'm going to have a perfectly righteous day. That was my plan. Like, and I started submitting these areas to my life. I am going to be holy in every conversation. I'm not going to gossip or say about anybody. I am going to be sensitive in every conversation and only say what you want me to say. I was saying things like, God, and if I need to shut up for the whole conversation, I promise I'll shut up. Which, see, those are hard for me. What else did I pray about? Oh, I remember specifically saying, God, I will not cuss out loud or in my mind all day today. Now, some of you are like, you know, this COVID thing has just made me 30% more irritated than I was seven months ago. A couple of, like a couple months ago, I thought, why? Why am I so irritated? I thought, oh, because I'm more irritated. And so most of the time, it doesn't come out of my mouth. But words that I used a lot back before I was a Christian, man, they're just all over, bouncing around in my head. I'm like, Lord, I'm not even going to think that. I don't remember if I made it through the day. But, I, but the point was, when was the last time you like intentionally said, okay, I am in something to think about. So the first idea is baptism is about the details of righteousness. One other thing, I'm going to hit it really quickly. Baptism is, about, baptism is about releasing the power of God. And I just want to note in the scripture that when Jesus was baptized, supernatural things were connected with that moment. It says after he was baptized, he came out of the water. And at that moment, it says heaven was opened. It says the Spirit of God descended like a dove on him. What does that look like? I don't know. Something must have been visibly, something happened. And then the voice from heaven, this is my son. That's what kind of cool supernatural things happen. This is a really quick point. And it's oftentimes, not every time, sometimes, sometimes being baptized is just a, a sacrament. It's doing the right thing. And, it, it, oh gosh, I feel a tangent. How do you know sometimes we ought to do the right thing whether we feel blessed by it or not? Sometimes we do the right thing and we don't get warm fuzzies and God chills, and, but we still ought to do the right thing. But in the midst of it, baptism is one of those things where quite frequently God will do something special for the people getting baptized or even for the people supporting them in baptism. And so I say that one to those that are getting baptized, who knows what God will do in your heart and soul today? And the other for all of us, who knows what God will do because we get to participate and watch. And also for some of you who are prayers, when they're getting baptized, just be praying those secret prayers for them. So baptism, 
is about committing to the doing the right thing, righteousness, and it's about the power of God. Those of you that are getting baptized and you're ready to share your testimony, if you would now all come up over here and gather on the stage while I pray for a moment. I'm going to pray. As you guys gather over there, let's just pray. God, we're getting ready to hear some testimonies, some stories about your activity in their life. We pray that these folks, just because we like them, we pray that they would be reasonably comfortable, that it wouldn't be super scary. We also pray for the atmosphere at Grape Road and here as we have the privilege and the honor of hearing stories about your activity in their lives. God, we thank you for all you are doing around here and among us. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's see. Justin's first, I think. Justin, you can come up. Let me just double check and make sure this is on. Everybody say, hi, Justin. Come on up there and stand pretty close so they can all hear you. Hi, can you hear me? Okay. My name is Justin Graber. Um, I, uh, I grew up in a great Christian home, and I was actually baptized once when I was in uh, about a sophomore in high school. Um, I grew up going to church every Sunday, and I was involved in youth group, and I took my faith fairly seriously, at least so I thought at the time. However, around the high school college age, I kind of began to drift away from God and towards the world. I got caught up, caught up in worldly sin and hung out with a crowd that was less than desirable and wasn't always a great influence on me. I was living for pleasure, living as if God didn't exist, and even though I would still have considered myself a Christian at the time, um, right around my senior year of college, I came to a really low point in my life, and I really felt God's calling to come back home. Um, I did, and I began to going back to church and reading my Bible more and just praying more and stuff. And over the next few years of college, I slowly grew more in my faith, slowly getting rid of some bad behaviors and turning more towards Jesus and reading his word and praying more. Um, although I was getting better about it and growing in my relationship with Jesus, I still, uh, um, another milestone came when I, uh, when I met the woman who would become my wife, who's standing right here. Um, her love and faith were sort of a, a, a culmination of my faith journey. And I came to a point now where I can truly with 100% say that I am um, with certainty living for Jesus and uh, it's such a freeing and awesome experience, and I just praise Jesus every day for always persisting in my life, even when I um, seem seemingly resisted him. So I just, um, it's a great experience, and I uh, am very glad that I answered the call. Say hi, Lauren. <laughs> Step right up there, Lauren. My name is Lauren Graber. And I grew up in a church family growing up. I gave my life to Christ whenever I was in the sixth grade, yet my life before and after accepting him into my life looked as if my life was great, I was a good person, my parents took my sister and I to church every week, and I felt as if I took my walk with Christ as if I was just going, with the, going through the motions every single day. I felt like personally repenting, believing, acknowledging, and living for him that I was doing, I felt as if. I was going to church because I thought that that was the way that I was raised and all my friends were doing it and I was involved in things like FCA and all that kind of stuff. 
However, once I left for college and I was just the quiet, reserved, a little bit more different than my roommates, I finally started to dig deeper and asking myself reflection questions as to why am I different? Why am I going to bed a little bit earlier than my college roommates? And I realized my answer was that I was different was, was because of Jesus. It was then that I started seeking out a church to attend while I was in college. And then I went from a girl that grew up in a religious church family that I honestly felt, felt as if I was going through the motions to a woman of God that was changed within to now my why and to a personal relationship with him. And it is really, really great to have a personal, intimate relationship with, with him. Awesome. Hi, Emmy. Are you nervous, Emmy? Oh, it'll be all right. Everybody say nice and quietly, hi, Emmy. And then say, we like you, Emmy. See, they like you. Hi, my name is Emmy. I've got nothing, but I'm getting baptized because I love Jesus and I want to wash away all my sins. Perfect. <laughs> Everybody say hi to Amber. Hi, Amber. Hi, I'm Amber. <clears throat> Before I re recommitted my life to Christ, I felt spread thin, unloved, unworthy, and very anxious. My life was not based on God's as the foundation. Recently, my life has been turned upside down. With a separation from my husband, moving back in with my parents with three kids and walking away from a business that I was so passionate about. It is no coincidence that chasing God was this past week and I was able to attend every night. I felt God releasing me from the self-doubt and all the anxiety of what is next. I know God has a plan for me, my children, and our future. I cannot control my future, what my future looks like, but I have a God that loves me. I recommitted my life to Jesus on Thursday at Chasing God, and I have never felt more free. Hey, Julian. Everybody say, hi, Julian. What do you want, what do you want me to do? Where do you uh, want it, man? I'll put it wherever you right, want. Good. Is that all right? All right. Hi, I'm Julian. Um, before I met with Jesus Christ, I was a very depressed, quiet, and scared person. I didn't fit in normal life or day life activities people. I kept a very unhealthy and lonely lifestyle to myself. I never really asked questions or got help. I tried doing my own without guidance from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I grew up in a church-based family, but not all were followers of Christ. And I went through a lot of abuse from situations in the family with sin and unhealthy stability in my household and with other family members. I turned away from accepting Christ many times from church members and family that were in Christ. It scared me. But around the age of 20, I got saved and helped by Christ. That's awesome. Hey, Mitchell. If I say hi, Mitchell. Hey, everyone. I'm Mitchell. So before committing my life to Jesus Christ, my life was honestly going pretty well. I had started pursuing a new career that I was passionate about had friends and family who loved and cared for me, and was overall pretty happy. One of my friends at work told me about this new church she had started going to and how much it had helped change her life. 
I ended up going with her just because I felt like it was something that I should do, but was still questioning if this was all real. I started attending services in September of 2019 and was attending somewhat regularly until March when COVID-19 did shut down all in-person services. I will admit I did not watch any services online at this time and still wasn't feeling that thing that people were telling me about. Around July, I started experiencing problems in my personal, familial, and professional life all at the same time. And for the first time in a long time, I felt truly lost. Late August, early September, I started attending church again to see if I could find answers and feel what other people had said changed their lives to help get out of this hole I suddenly found myself in. I also signed up to join a small men's group, started praying regularly, and started reading the Bible to show I was putting in the effort to find my faith. This week, I decided to be a full participant in chasing God. I fasted from Sunday night to Wednesday night and attended the Thursday night service with Peter Lewis. By the end of worship, the worship set, I felt this overpowering, warm sensation in my chest that spread throughout my entire body. I truly believe this was when the Holy Spirit entered my body, and it was then that I decided I would accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So I'm only a few days into my journey with Christ, but I am excited to see how my life will grow with Jesus Christ right there by my side. say hi Lee. I apologize now if I black out. So. <laughs> For the past 19 years I lived a double life by playing a role as a Christian, by attending church, weekly Bible study with my family, and even standing on this stage a few years back giving a false testimony. These actions were not truly aligned to where my heart was. I chased my own worldly desires, seeking the things that would lead me down a very dark road that filled my heart with pride, envy, greed, and lust. I lived a life of lies to my family, to the church, and to myself. Constantly struggling with these sins, I tried with my own strength to overcome these issues, but it would just lead me further into it. The enemy had complete hold of me, making me feel like a prisoner and unworthy of God. <clears throat> it was this past June when everything came to a head. I was out of town for work, and I received a call from my wife to let me know she has been diagnosed with a rare kidney disease that would change our lives. This moment, I felt God really was speaking to me by showing me the true blessings he has given me, and the way out from this deceitful life was to lay my sins down at Jesus' feet and to bring them to light to my family so I could truly be set free. Trying to confess this was not an easy task, but God continually pursued, pursued me until the truth was out. The severity of what I have done over the years should have left me with nothing, but God's mercy came through by my family sticking by my side and walking walking with me through this horrible situation I brought on them. God was not done yet. He prepared broken relationships I had with my father and my sister and instantly placed some great mentors from the church in my life that also helped me. This day forward, I want to live every day as Jesus as my true Savior. All right, everybody, say hi, Brandy. Hi. Before I committed my life to Jesus Christ, I was an alcoholic living two lives. The life of a mother and a homemaker and the life of an alcoholic making stupid, dumb decisions that I shouldn't be making at the age of 35. I then said enough is enough. I couldn't do it on my own. I knew by giving my life to him, he would walk by my side and show me how. So today I'm giving my heart, mind, soul, and body to Jesus Christ, and I feel the happiest I have in a long time, almost like a sense of relief.
Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. You can stand. Jeremiah, you're going to stay up here with Jake. These guys like you. I think you like each other. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Hi, I'm Jeremiah. Before Jesus, I really felt like an outsider looking in on religion. I felt the desire to shed sin and chase religion, but didn't understand religion the way I do now. I have always accepted Christ, but find myself wanting to be closer and understand the Bible more. I've spent years of my life godless and only living to make my life better. Just because I was not doing wrong by others, I felt justified in not participating or practicing religion. I realize now that the portion of my life missing is that connection to Christ. And that's awesome. why I'm here. Hey, Jeremiah. Will you, Jeremiah, just step up a little closer. We are not in a hurry. Will you just read it again? Before Jesus, I have really felt like an outsider looking in on religion. I have felt the desire to shed sin and chase religion, but didn't understand religion the way I do now. I've always accepted Christ, but find myself wanting to be closer and understand the Bible more. I've spent years of my life godless and only living to make my life better. Just because I was not doing wrong by others, I felt justified in not participating or practicing religion. I realize now that the portion of my life missing is that connection to Christ. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Louise? How you doing? Are you nervous? Everybody say hi, Louise. Some of my life I've grown up in a Christian home. My family and I would go to church on Sundays. When I was about 12 years old, I talked to my parents about baptism. I had more peace and joy. I encountered Jesus through my mom and dad. Slowly, a few years after that, I lost that peace and joy with God. Today, I surrender all my anxious thoughts and fears and worries all to the Lord. Since dedicating my life to Jesus, I have experienced more peace and less of anxiety. That's awesome. Do you want to do it again? <laughs> All right, that's good. Thanks. Everybody say hi, Lori. All my life, I wanted to go to church and, and learn about God, but my family wanted no part of it. When I was younger, I went with a few friends to their churches, and I loved it. wanted to learn more about God, so when I got out on my own, I tried a few churches and seemed like they didn't want me there. I wasn't welcome. People stared at me, and all my life I've been rejected, and it hurts. Till one day, my God spoke to me and said, Lori, you are not a mistake. That, that my son died for you so I could be forgiven, and he picked me so I am chosen, and he redeemed me so I am wanted. He shows me grace so I can be saved. He has a future for me because he loves me. So Lori, you are my child. Um, hang on a second. This, okay. The day I told my counselor, he suggested I should go to church with a friend. So I asked a friend, hey, can I go with you? To the, so he brought me here to the vineyard and it was the best day of my life. I later attended a Bible study, which then accepted God into my life, and I was given a Bible to help me learn the Word of God. And then I joined the cleaning team here at the vineyard, and I'm getting baptized, and I'm hoping to spread the joy of Jesus around and get others to see the Word of God. When I accepted God in my life, I noticed that Satan was attacking me in every direction and ruining some of my friendships. 
But I can't, I can't thank the people, though, that have helped me in my life and stayed with me. They know who they are. If it wasn't for them, I would never have found myself and where I'm at today. So thank you for that. My depression, anxiety, and panic attacks have passed since I let God in my life. And everybody say, hi, Tim. All right, well, first I need to start off and thank the, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uh, for allowing me to be here today. Standing on this stage, sharing my testimony with the church, and also for the vision he gave Pastor Mark for the vineyard. Thank you, Lord. I remember as a child uh, getting the opportunity to uh, give my life to the Lord. But as I got older, uh, I fell away from the Lord, and I was lost for a long time. <clears throat> I have always believed in the Lord, but was not living for the Lord. I fell into the use of uh, drugs and alcohol, and it consumed me for a very long time. Uh, I was living the life of the enemy, uh, and I had no time for uh, my Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> when I got into my 30s, I saw uh, my father and mother give their lives to the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> uh, my dad became a pastor, and uh, him and my mother started their uh, own ministry. I believe that the Lord worked on them and that seeing that, uh, that would help change me, open my eyes to his glory. <clears throat> and one day my uh, life began to change a little over a year ago as I started uh, seeking the Lord and wanting to uh, have a relationship with him and my savior, Jesus Christ. And that, uh, that brought me here to the vineyard. I am I'm I am ready for uh, the Lord, and uh, I want to leave this flesh behind and be part of His kingdom. I do have to say, uh, I need to thank the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for a group of guys that I call my brothers in Christ. Jeremy, Mike, Seth, Chris, Sean's not here, but you're watching, I know. Leonard, Dean, Scotty, Chris, 
Curtis, Ron, Rod, and Bill and Paul. I also want to thank Jimmy Fleshman and Jamal Henry. I got my brother, uh, his wife, Lene, and my precious nephew and nieces. I love you so much. Uh, my father and my biological mother, God rest her souls, Paul and Linda, and my mother, Carolyn. Thank you. Everybody say, hi, Aubrey. Hi. Step right up here, please. Hi, some of you may know me. I'm Aubrey Rezac. I was born and raised in the church and have always believed in him. Over the past year or so, I've thought about getting baptized because he has just done so much for me. He has helped my family stay safe during COVID. All right. Help my parents keep their job. Um, put it in our hearts to move to South Bend um, for me to go to Marion High School. He has almost helped me say seizure-free for one year now on November 4th. So he has just done a lot for me and my family. And I want to say thank you to my family and my um, Catholicism teacher, Sister Marie, for everything she's done for me. Awesome. Thank you. Hi, Aaliyah. Hey, Aaliyah. Come on up here and say. Aaliyah is one of our friends from the community center that we started a few years so. ago. My name is Aaliyah, and since I dedicated my life to Jesus, I am a spirit in joy. Before I dedicated my life to Jesus, I felt sad and alone. Almost every night, I would cry myself to sleep because of how alone and sad I felt. Now I feel a lot happier that I accepted Jesus into my life. Everybody say, hi, Essence. I gave my life to Jesus, so... That's good. sure? Mm -hmm. You want to hold it while I read it? You got to do something. <laughs> Came all the way up here on the stage. All right. You sure you don't want to? Mm -hmm. Okay. I gave my life to Jesus so I won't be broken. Now I won't be broken because I gave my life to him. Now I am here going to have a new 
life and will have eternal life because I believe in Jesus Christ. Everybody say hi, Lisa. Lisa. Sorry, I go on for a bit. Uh, I grew up in church, but by the time I got to high school, I started listening to the voice of my peers more than the voice of God. And unfortunately, my relationship with God suffered and sin followed. I cared far more about where the next party was than where God was. The amount of times I got blackout drunk, well, it exceeds more than I can count on my hands. Sorry, Mom. And heavy drinking leads to even more poor decisions, and those decisions leads to lots and lots of guilt and shame. Guilt and shame are hard to carry. And I continued to carry it for a long time. The complete rejection of my earthly father led me to seek love and comfort in men that were broken and in men that God would have never chosen for me. If there was a trophy given out for choosing men not made for you, I'd probably take first place. I carried on with life with God far in the background. I eventually met my children's father and we built a life together for a number of years until he left me for another woman. While that crushed me, it was also the beginning of my journey back to God to the one I had put last, but who never stopped putting me first. When they say God makes beauty from ashes, it's so true. Being a single mom is a difficult journey, but it was in those times God showed up over and over again, undeniably. If I told you some of the stories, it's almost <laughs> too crazy to be true. He put me in someone's path 10 years ago that I instantly clicked with and ended up being my neighbor. She had gone to the vineyard for a number of years and over and over invited me to this church. And five years later, I finally listened. Five years ago, I sat in the back of this church. And from that time on, I never looked back. God knew I needed this church. And I hope you guys know how much you change lives. Uh, the changes Jesus has made in my life are amazing. I've learned to listen to him. I've learned to have an actual relationship with him and not just pretend I do. I've learned to trust in him, knowing his ways are and always will be better than mine. I've learned to give up control, which has led me to be happier and comforted by this knowledge. I wanted, I wanted to get baptized years ago, but unfortunately, I allowed myself to be shackled to my sins. I've watched so many people get baptized here, and I would cry and rejoice with them over their pain and their transformation through Jesus. I would always be amazed what Jesus did for them, but yet I held on to belief that while that was great for them, I wasn't good enough to be baptized. I was still a sinner who made all these mistakes. I wasn't perfect until God had to practically get in my face and say, you truly believe I died for everyone but you? Stop listening to the voice of the enemy and listen to me. By thinking those things, I was allowing everything Jesus suffered on the cross to be in vain, and I refused to do that any longer. I will never be a perfect Christian. I'm human. I wasn't meant to be. But I have someone perfect living in me. One that leads me to better choices, who leads me to a better life, and I am so thankful for him. I am here to say that no matter how far you feel from God, no matter how many times you've made mistakes, you are never too far away to find your way back. Your mistakes are never too big to not be forgiven. It's never too late to find your home in Jesus. I was blessed beyond measure to have a mom that stayed steadfast in her faith that showed me what it looked like to be a woman of God. I call her my flashlight, as she always kept the light, the path to salvation lit. And I promise you, Emily Grace, that I will always be your flashlight. 
I stand before all of you and say that I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and he died for me. I'm laying the chains of sin that bound me up for way too many years at his feet. I am so incredibly thankful for a love like his, a love that died a horrible death for everyone, including me, despite the fact that we did not come from the same country, despite the fact that our skin tones do not match. May I always remember to love more like Jesus. May we all remember to love more like him. Everybody say hi, Zechariah. Hello, everyone. I'm Zechariah, as Pastor Marcus said. Um, I'm going to give my testimony, if that's all right. <laughs> uh, so I accepted Christ at the age of three, but I'm not quite sure I knew what that meant at that age. So I rededicated my life to Christ when I was between the ages of 15 and 16, because I finally made the connection um, of what Christ has done for me from my parents growing up. Um, sorry, I looked away. I learned. Um, now this began a new journey for me, and the enemy didn't like that and started to creep in and tempt me with fleshly desires. And there started a battle with pornography. I felt shame and unworthy of God's grace. But I always had to go back to those verses that said, but in Christ, I am a new creation and his grace is sufficient. I had to get my eyes off of myself and on him in order for my relationship to really take off. Um, so I knew I could no longer live in that fleshly desire, so I asked him to take it away, and he did, amen. <laughs> um, now I can live more freely in Christ, and I am more in tune with his promptings that he has for me. This is also the year that I have received my prayer language, and Christ has just made me fall more in love with him through this entire year. And so I'm here uh, this, this morning to make that statement of getting baptized, saying, it, I am a new creation, and he is my one and only savior.